0: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Sing isn't believing. Believing is seeing.
2: Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear.
1: Hey guys, we're back for another week of Tiz the Podcast. The podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Julia.
2: I'm Anthony. I'm Tom.
1: Hey guys, how you doing?
2: It's Tuesday.
1: Has it been the longest week on the planet for you guys already?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Why is that one always a shared experience and it's like that for everybody? And two, why is it so dang long? I don't understand.
2: You know why? Because it's the end of March. So
1: it's not like a long month. It is a long month. It's a 31 day month. So it's a long month and it comes after an extraordinarily short month. But like, and it
2: comes on a month where like there's technically no holiday, right? This is the first month without a holiday that you get true. off for work, unless you take off or something.
1: That's true. Maybe that's it. I mean, I don't, we don't get off for anything in April.
2: Oh, well, I get Good Friday off.
1: Hmm.
2: Yes, indeed. I am but Hallmark did release their Dream Book digitally this past month.
1: Have uh, It comes how many out have you physical copy. With your sharpie marker?
2: <laughs> uh you know what? Let me tell you how many things I sh- let me give you an idea of how many things I circled with a sharpie mark- marker. If I got everything I wanted, I would be spending 1400 dollars And that's oh my after gosh. and that's after I made cuts.
1: <laughs> <gasps> so good stuff then. Okay. They so have what? this
2: amazing wreath. It's a wreath with Jack Skellington's head in the center with the hat and the Santa beard. And he talks. It's animatronic. He moves his head and talks. Like his head is poking through the wreath. And it is awesome.
1: Okay. And
2: uh, it has a QR code. So you can scan on your phone and see it move and talk, which is awesome.
1: Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Do they have good peanut stuff this year?
2: They have cute peanut stuff. Luckily, not as much as last year. They have a lot of peanut stuff, but not all Christmas stuff so okay. like the christmas ones are affordable they have a cute like hundredth happy hundredth anniversary charles his desk with the stuff snoopy on it and a comic strip on it so that's cute
1: is it gonna be the hundredth anniversary
2: yeah which is insane
1: that is insane that's nuts. It really persists
2: and they have tons of awesome like Disney and Marvel and DC stuff, which I was oh, a sucker for. They have an awesome Doctor Strange one I want.
0: I could go for Doctor Strange. Yep. They
2: have an amazing ba- Battenson one. Did
1: you say Battenson?
0: Yeah, that's the oh, n- okay, n- okay, name that's they the first gave him online. That's
1: cute. <laughs> that's funny. We've been in Lego mode, so we found ourselves in a lot of toy aisles lately, and they had a battinson action figure and it is not him doing the voice for the action figure i'm just gonna tell you that right now
2: (laughs) i hate when that happens (laughs) and
1: it's so funny (laughs) but i mean it's not a bad voice but it's not him right it's almost like if he and christian bale had a baby it'd be like that's the voice (laughs) (laughs) and it's a little confusing
2: speaking of Legos, they have a cute lego bb8 ornament with a santa hat on which I'll probably Aww. get because I got the Darth Vader and his ugly sweater Lego ornament last year.
1: That's an excellent choice.
2: <laughs> I thought it was a, a good holiday special.
1: It was a good holiday <laughs> That was <special>. a real...
2: <laughs> Why are you wearing that ugly sweater? <laughs> <laughs> and... I mean, me and Sarah obviously do not have kids, but they have this adorable first Christmas ornament, and it's Grogu on a little rocking horse, which is wrapped in a bow and it says Jedi's first Christmas and it's little baby Grogu rocking on the horse. Like I kind of just want to pick it up without like, you know, it meaning anything.
1: (laughs) You just save it for years. (laughs) However long it could be. It's not Larry's first Christmas. Darn it.
2: No, it would have been good last year for
1: Larry. Been good last year. You could backdate it.
0: (laughs) Tom, how was your week? Uh, It's good. I little issue at work, but having lots of fun and trying to get some stuff cranked out so I can relax after this.
1: You have some vacation coming up.
0: No. Just want
1: to get it done so you can relax.
0: just want to just relax in so i can take so i can uh uh sleep tonight. Yeah, no i've got stuff to do tonight, but it's all good.
2: I'm taking half a week next week. Just for an R&R, just going down to my parents place in Florida just for a long weekend, leaving Wednesday afternoon and just coming back Sunday.
1: Very nice. Yes. Don't forget the sunscreen. Don't forget to bring Don't forget to bring a towel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How was your week, Julia?
0: Yeah, how's Julia doing? Um,
1: I mean, aside from it just only being Tuesday, and it feels like it should already be Thursday, it's fine. We've got um, a big go-live coming up at work, so it's got kind of that um, hovering cloud of anxiety hanging over everything, <laughs> right? That will all just, like, next week, either in an explosion or a nice settling of, you know, happy
2: people my week at work was anxious too because they're reorging again and i was like Ugh. it looks like my team is being split up which would make me very oh. upset because i'm actually happy at work for the first time in like five years oh. here uh but i just got the email tonight that our team is gonna be together for
0: a
1: bit, so
2: i'm very happy about that
1: oh that's Yay. good that's awesome that makes me happy that's good yeah actually
2: julia you may be the happiest all week this past week
1: oh yeah did i
2: because you posted, you were looking for people to run this fall spooky marathon with you, with this 5K with you. 40s and, uh,
1: pumpkin run? Are you going to do it?
2: Uh, maybe I will. But the fact that, uh, because I do the 5K Thanksgiving every year, maybe I'll do the Halloween yeah. one virtually with you, the pumpkin run with
1: very you. nice.
2: But uh, it was just a fact that you posted a fall event that's already taking registration. That makes me very it? happy.
1: Don't you love it?
2: I do love that. So I, mean, I did
1: that Gordy's run last year, but this year I'm doing the, it's called something. It will, I think it's called the Fall Spectacular, which is like a booster you put on top. So you get three extra medals, which is honestly the only reason I'm doing it because I really like those medals.
2: Are they like fall <laughs> themed medals?
1: Yes. And so oh. you do an, a run in October, November, and December, something like that. And they each have their own little, metal that's themed and it's just great it makes me happy and i got a booster medal because if you run with a pumpkin in your hand you get the extra one and it's just like a whole thing
2: oh that's awesome julia maybe i will yeah. join and do it with you
1: we can I might too. participate virtually be so that would fun. be
2: fun if all three of us did
0: it
1: it would be fun and then
0: we can compare our times and anthony and i can cry that julia beat us
2: <laughs> that Julia like triple lap us.
1: <laughs> so my plan with the girl I work with, who is super active um, is to run a half marathon in November. So we'll see if that actually happens. Oh, it's just talk. Right and,
2: the, now. and then, and then you do the New York marathon next year. And I finally get a chance to meet you.
1: I mean, let's face it. If I'm doing a marathon, it would probably be that one not just because it's one of the most well-known, but also because Anthony is local. And also because Robin Arzan might be running in it. And if I see Robin Arzan in real life, I might literally die. Well, really, <laughs> but really Anthony? But uh, really Anthony.
2: Well, if you come up, we can take a live Peloton class too, because I'll probably be back in <gasps> session. You can take what? A live Peloton class Peloton and be in the class. studio with the instructor. Mm. Nobody if wants I to. If I come
1: that. to New York City, do I get to pick the class?
2: I'll let and you if pick it's the Cody, class. Cody,
1: will you be angry at me forever?
2: I will I mean no, I will if I'm traveling do to New that. York
1: City, it'll be Robin. I'm fine with that. I love Robin. Robin's amazing. Anyway.
2: And I promise if you run the marathon, I will not be like Kramer in that episode of Seinfeld where he's he's cold because he fell asleep in the hot tub overnight and the power went out. So he's like literally shivering and he's standing on the sidelines, watching this guy run with a really hot tea. But like, you know how everyone holds out the water and the guy grabs a tea and throws it in his face. <laughs> <It's cold. laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I will not do that. I promise.
1: That's good. I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> you know, what else um, I appreciate.
1: <laughs> what do you appreciate this week, Anthony? That I are checking appreciate.
2: this movie off our list.
1: <laughs> what would you say, Tom?
0: I appreciate not Anthony.
2: I appreciate you, Tom.
1: I'm
0: not I'm not this, getting adding this
1: so to our We were trying to figure out how it got added because somebody put it us.
2: on the ideas sheet when I just copied all that over. So I don't I don't know if that I don't think it was me. I
1: don't know. Uh, but I'm the only one that has history with this movie. I'm quite certain. I'm quite certain of the three of us. Uh,
2: I have some stuff to say during the history segment.
1: Do you? Okay. All right. So maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't know if I put this on the list or not. It doesn't belong on a Christmas podcast. Spoiler alert.
2: Which which I feel like that's actually, and I know all three of us are going to be in agreement, but I feel like that's actually kind of a controversial thing to say, because a lot of people do consider this a Christmas movie. Well, Why? We that?
1: will have to break that down. Why? And for listeners, movie we're talking about <sighs> is the 1961 Disney feature film slash musical Babes in Toyland with Annette Finicello.
2: Spider-Man No Let's Way Home is not looking so unfestive now, is it, Tom?
0: Uh, No, it's not. But you know what I want on our list while we're talking Marvel? I want Hawkeye.
2: I oh, have yeah, it Hawkeye on the list, but you didn't watch list. it yet. That I watched the- it. Okay, we, oh, we can definitely throw it on the list now, because I wanted Let's, it on the list earlier this year. Yeah, Let's get it on ASAP, y'all. I will definitely do that. I'll <laughs> put it now, because I want to talk about Hawkeye.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, Babes in Toyland, put out by Walt Disney, like I said, in 1961. Uh, full color, musical, lots of dancing, lots of costumes, lots of sets. Lots, story lots of what? Lots of sets.
2: Oh, Jesus. <laughs>
1: sets.
0: Julia, will you say it? Please don't make me say it. Just you say it. Please don't make me say it. Call him a pervert. <laughs> Call him a pervert. <laughs>
1: To clarify further, most reviews of this movie make glaringly clear that this really is a quote family film, um, designed for younger viewers, as in younger viewers are going to appreciate this a lot more than older viewers will. No, they're not. And we'll talk about that.
0: <laughs> no, they okay. don't. Daddy, a quick! <laughs> please turn this off. It's not good. <laughs> Ellie's quote, I had to watch this by myself because, and I quote, Ellie said, and I quote, Daddy, please turn this off. It's not
1: good. All right. Quick plot synopsis before we get into histories. Um, This is actually not a part of the plot synopsis. Um, So Babes in Toyland is a remake of a operetta and has is preceded by another Babes in Toyland type remake of the operetta, which had. Laurel and Hardy in it
2: I'm researching the history I realized oh man this movie like Black Christmas is going to come back to haunt us multiple
1: times (laughs) so it's had a few iterations Um, most critics agree this iteration doesn't hold true to the source material for the most part and um, we'll talk a little bit more about that
2: because it's filled with fairy tale characters (laughs) that I can't see being in an opera (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right so quick plot synopsis um, mary contrary is set to marry tom piper when he's kidnapped by rodrigo and conzorgo two goons working for the evil barnaby who wants to marry mary for her inheritance histories with babes in toyland anthony you go first
2: oh i have seen this before back way back when I was a child and I must have trauma blocked it because I didn't think I had seen this before but when I started watching I was like oh yes I have yes I have and I, it's not the one I'm more I'm more familiar with the Drew Barrymore Keanu Reeves one um which I also don't have great memories with because I think I did not like that one either spoiler alert when we cover that one eventually it's, it's just it's it's not for me I didn't like it as a kid and I And I'll just say flat out now, I didn't like it now I thought I was watching I thought I saw the most disturbing Wizard of Oz sequel When I watched Return to Oz And yet somehow this was more disturbing And I was like, the whole time I thought it was a trashy sequel to The Wizard of Oz And then I looked into the history And I was like, oh, Disney This started out in development as a sequel to The Wizard of Oz And then they changed it and thank God they did, I've talked before, I love The Wizard of Oz, and I'm glad, <laughs> I mean, there are some crappy Wizard of Oz movies, but I'm glad this one is not in that pantheon. Um, I will say this is probably where I know, like, Mary Mary Quite Contrary from, because I don't remember that nursery rhyme growing up. And oh, I work okay. with a girl, I work with a girl named Mary, but that nursery rhyme is always in my head. And when I, <laughs> and like, so when I'm always talking to her, I'm like, Mary, Mary, quite contrary. That's why I call her. And uh, it must have come not from not this very, movie. Like,
1: that's not endearing. She's <laughs> a
2: very endearing person. It comes from a place of love.
1: I can understand that. That's funny. You're not familiar with that one.
2: Uh, no, I mean, I was familiar with a lot of them in here and uh, these mm-hmm. are. Hashtag not my mother goose fairy tales. (laughs) Oh, there is one other thing I wanted to say, and we kind of touched on this offline, but I want to repeat it here, Julia. Um, (laughs) So I know you and I specifically, Tom's kind of fallen more in the middle, erring toward you, but definitely me and you specifically have had a wide valley between us when it comes to Frankenbass, And (laughs) And Franken-Bass is my nostalgic thing growing up it, it, and i acknowledge it's very rooted in nostalgia i still love those shows mm-hmm. um but one of the complaints not complaints it's not even a complaint really one of the comments you always have every time you watch a rink and bass special is i feel like i took an acid trip <laughs> well let me tell you <laughs> after watching this i was like man hey we finally see what rink and bass would look like in live action And B, I took a badass trip, I feel like, after watching this. So, yeah, those are my scatterbrained history and thoughts on this film.
1: Tom, what about you? Uh, I
0: thought I had seen this as a kid, not so sure. I don't like it. I really don't like it. Um, I don't remember any of it from childhood whatsoever. I don't remember the music. (laughs) I don't remember the really awful Wait, sound. you don't
2: remember the Toyland, Toyland.
1: Wow. Uh-uh.
2: That's the one thing I did remember from the special, okay. even though I didn't right. think I had seen it. I feel like that music kind of transcends it. But I'm anyway,
0: uh-huh. sorry, Tom. I didn't love the music either. Did not love it. And I'm a lot more pro-musical than Anthony is usually.
1: Is that true?
2: I didn't think that was true. I feel like I've not we haven't hit a musical I haven't liked on this show yet. But
0: I don't know, but I, I feel like I'm more excited about old musicals.
2: Yeah, old ones. Yeah, that's probably true. That's old definitely musicals. probably true. Yep.
1: Yeah. That's a key term there. So not a fan. And you said Ellie also not a fan. Did Christine join in the watching party?
0: Ellie was not a fan. Uh no, she had no interest oh, in seeing this. Yeah.
1: Christine
2: if you're (laughs) listening I just want to say this is not an Anthony pick do not lump this in with the rest of my bad choices that you
0: judge me for oh I'm going to make sure she listens. She she hears that (laughs) did Sarah
1: watch this with you or was Sarah familiar with
2: it Uh, she she didn't watch it with me and she was not familiar with it either when I told her we were covering Babes in Toyland she was like what is that I was like well Hmm. it's clearly a Christmas movie (laughs) <laughs>
0: i mean the t- the, t- the right. title can be very misleading it's very misleading because that's not a christmas movie
1: um okay so i have the most history with it um because i used to watch this movie all the time when i was a kid um my mom and i are musical fans we're musical and disney fans and you put those two things together and i watched it when i was a kid and i just remember like I still remembered most of this movie. What's interesting is the only song that was super familiar to me was Babes and Toyland. And um the toy making song that's mostly gibberish. And then the math song Mary sings. That's when you hear it as an adult, you're just like, wow, it's just they made choices. Um, but I remembered most of the scenes, um, which was nice. And I haven't seen this thing in 25 years probably so (laughs) i don't know how it got on our calendar because i don't even remember as a kid thinking this thing was a christmas movie um so it's inexplicable to me it just showed up uh but nobody wants to take credit
2: okay y'all
1: all all that to say i'm probably the one that put it on there because somebody probably said is that a christmas movie and i'm like a chance to watch it put it on the calendar (laughs) i could totally see that happening but i uh (laughs) I was chatting with Anthony earlier on our group chat we have going to the podcast lots of fun it's mostly are you watching it can I watch it discussion Um, but when I completed watching it my comment was I'm done and I'm sorry crying (laughs) laughing emoji face and I said I'm really not sure how this movie will track with zero nostalgia involved but I suspect I know hashtag this is my rankin' bass. This thing is an acid trip galore. And I inexplicably love it, even though it's pretty terrible. <laughs> you know what? It's I'm gonna pretty bad.
2: Can I pose a question to our listeners right now? Because I am yeah. just legitimately curious. So uh our English listeners who Really don't have history with Rankin Bass because it's just not a thing out there. If you haven't seen Babes in Toyland either, which one tracked better for you seeing it for the first time, Rudolph or this? Because I'm legit curious which one yeah. would track better.
1: I don't think Rudolph is a great example because Rudolph is not as Rankin and Bassy as Rankin and Bassy gets. It's not on the same level as this one. You gotta she... you gotta do like Nestor or something that's like real like what like that's true like, that's true. Yeah, Rudolph's not a good example. Pick a trippier one and then butt it up against this thing. And let's see what's the bigger thing, wreck.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: English listeners, watch Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey and this and tell us which one tracked better. Or if you really want to go down that rinky bass rabbit hole, watch the Leprechaun's Christmas Gold and this and tell me. <laughs> that might be
1: the better one. I think that which might one be one. one tracks better.
2: One. better.
1: <laughs> they each have the same amount of Christmas in them no <laughs> that's true that the leprechaun true. has a little more christmas actually um okay so this movie um i just want to frame it on the timeline scale okay uh wizard of oz came out in like 39 right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. willy wonka and the chocolate factory came out in like 77 okay this and mary came poppins came- 61
2: when was mary poppins mary, yeah
1: and then mary poppins was when it was after this but
2: and I only bring on Mary Poppins because that was also Disney. And Disney this, Disney, this is Disney. And I I am watching it. I was thinking to myself, did this movie have to walk so Mary Poppins could run? Did Disney have to do a weird, trippy? This is one of their first live action ones in order exactly. to try to get their bearings and realize oh, it's not exactly the same as animation. <laughs> I, I'm, it is- I. I'm curious. I'm legit curious about that because it's not the same animated storytelling and live action. So I do wonder if they had some rough transitions going to live action from their animation and then they perfected it by the time they got to Mary Poppins. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, right, so Mary Poppins was three years after this one. It came out in 1964. Um, and this is the first live-action musical that Disney ever produced. Mary Poppins is also considered a live-action musical.
2: Despite um, the animated paint.
1: Despite, which just so wonderful, aren't they? They are. Um, so, yeah, this one is seen as a predecessor and not a successful one. This one didn't do, do as well as Disney hoped it would.
2: In terms of um, the timeline though, you just laid out, because I know you're not a huge Wizard of Oz fan, but can you admit the Wizard of Oz is at least better than this? Oh, yes. Objectively, oh, yes. objectively, not subjective.
1: It is better. Yeah, yes. Wizard of Oz is better than this. Just from a pure story standpoint, this thing is. And all I,
2: over I just feel production-wise, too, like considering this is 30 years prior, just about well, 20 okay.
1: years prior. So that's an excellent point because I mean this is um. This is in the category of 60s musicals, right? And particularly Disney 60s musicals. So you've got lots of song and dance, lots of beautifully costumed dancers and singers, big choral events, and like a magnificent set. The set's great. I I loved the set. It felt just as much Disney as it did. Big Hollywood production. And when I was watching it, I'm like, this feels so much both in format and in look as wizard of oz and i was like i guess this came out right after it no (laughs) no you got 30 years different 20 and some change difference which is crazy to me which is such a testament to wizard of oz um because they did it much better than disney did it with this one having the disney guns behind it and that's surprising so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um okay so let's do casting credits um, this movie was directed by Jack Donahue. He has quite a bit of TV in his back pocket. Um, he was he on Dirty Rock
0: and played by Alec Baldwin. <laughs> that was
2: Alec Baldwin's character's name, Julia, on Dirty Rock. Rock oh, Jack, Jack Donahue.
0: Donahue. It was. It was Jack Donaghy, but close enough it made me laugh. Oh, that's
1: right. <laughs> Um, well, this guy, he did 107 episodes of the Lucy show. He's got a whole bunch of other TV shows in his back pocket as well. Frank Sinatra show, George Gobel show, Red Skelton hour. Um, so, I mean, as far as music, song and dance goes, like he's the guy that absolutely knows how to do that. Moving into our actual cast members. Um, our main character in this one is Mary, Mary. Quite Contrary, played by Annette Funicello. Uh, We know Annette Funicello from, I mean, lots of different stuff, but the Mickey Mouse Club. This apparently is the favorite, her favorite thing she's ever done. Was this particular movie? Which is a choice. It's entitled to her favorite.
2: Is that like a, sometimes the worst movies you can do are the most fun. Like Bette Midler had said for years, Hocus Pocus was her favorite movie she's ever done. And. That Midler has done a lot of stuff and Hocus Pocus was another one that at the time wasn't well received so maybe these actresses and actors just like
1: not having
2: not yeah just being having fun and not being as serious
1: yeah I don't know I could see that being fun um she is Disney's first sweetheart honestly um she had her own tv series Annette um she was in the Shaggy Dog, Zorro, Magical World of Disney. No shocker there for years and years. She popped up in a lot of those. Um, and then later on in her life, she's in one of my favorite movies of all time. And if I could find a way to work into our schedule, I absolutely would. But she shows up in Troop Beverly Hills in 1989.
2: A movie ends on Christmas.
1: Ooh, this is joking. how Babes and Toyland got on the calendar. <laughs> Is it, it,
2: prob- or- it probably is. You mentioned it. This is exactly
1: was- how it got on the schedule. It's my fault. Um, <laughs> so Annette Funicello, I'm sure we're familiar with Annette Funicello. Um, are we fans? Or are we just kind of like, yeah, she, her, sure. She was, she was cool. She's fine. She's wonderful.
2: I don't think you can be a fan of Disney and not like Annette Funicello. She has such a legacy with the company. So yep. y- yeah, I am. I'm a fan of hers.
1: Meh me no she's a face I knew um playing her male counterpart um her love interest is Tom Tommy Sands playing Tom Piper um I thought he was just the dreamiest dreamboat that ever lived when I watched this as a kid which again when you think about it is just super duper weird because the age difference um but Tommy Sands um is familiar to me only through this movie Personally. Um, but you might have seen him in the 60s. He was also in Hawaii 5.0. He was in an episode of Bonanza. Um, he was in the TV series Wagon Train for four years, the Ed Sullivan show, The Longest Day, small part in the longest day. And then interestingly enough, and I did absolutely no research on this because why would I do that? He has a soundtrack credit to his name from the 2017 Gilmore Del Toro movie The Shape of Water. Just what interesting. I didn't even know this guy was still alive. I don't know if he's a singer, maybe he sang in his heyday. He is still alive, he's still around. Born in 37. Wow. Well done. He had a nice wow. voice. Meh. His voice is nice. <laughs> you might not like the words came out of his mouth, but it was a pretty voice. Um, Playing our villain is Ray Bolger playing Barn- barnaby barnacle <laughs> and if you hate alliteration you're really going to hate this movie
2: and he is uh speaking of the wizard of oz probably best known for the scarecrow He
1: was the scarecrow that's right um
2: if he only had a brain to choose to avoid this movie <laughs> <laughs>
1: He was in a few episodes of little house on the prairie the love boat the partridge family and in 1979 he was in a single episode of battlestar galactica the tv series that's so funny that he was a scarecrow isn't
2: it i mean yeah i mean i didn't lots see
1: him and think oh that's a scare that's a scarecrow yeah lots
2: of wizard of Oz connections lots lots uh, see it's funny i did See him initially and think Scarecrow, but because I'm a big fan of that film, I watch yeah. it yearly. But uh, you know, he is without the Scarecrow makeup for about five minutes in that film at the beginning and end when he's just a farmhand.
0: Oh, yeah, but right. nobody ever, nobody ever remembers that though, right? Like, no, right. Right. I definitely right. don't.
1: I but that's where yeah. Anthony's saying Since he watches it enough, he yeah. does remember it. Huh. Um, okay, so playing our two um, henchmen, so to speak, our two goons. <laughs> which is just uh as marty not marty as ethan would say watered down laurel and hardy we have yeah. henry calvin played gonzorgo and jean sheldon played rodrigo and they took a stab at laurel and hardy but not laurel and hardy
0: not laurel but and hardy tried.
1: but they tried um They have some histories in the Disney space as well. Henry Calvin was in an episode of Zorro. And then Gene Sheldon, who is more familiar to me, I think he was probably in a lot more stuff, was also in an episode of Zorro, but he was in um, a lot of other older movies as well. Um, He had a longer career, so you might have seen him in um, a few other things in the late 30s up through the 60s. I doubt it. He passed away in 82.
0: I doubt I well, he was
1: familiar to me but i watch a lot of older stuff i think than you do i'm more cultured in that way
0: is more
2: cultural in every way over both I of f- us tom
0: i think what you're saying is you fancy I, I she, she, she's bougie
1: we've got some other smaller roles uh, mother goose is played by mary mccarty question that's her arm in that goose right
0: Yes, absolutely. That fake hand
1: was pretty convincing, though.
0: She weighs 189 pounds.
1: Okay. Oh, she does at the very beginning. She tells him to (laughs) shut his filthy goose mouth. um, (laughs) We also have a few other um, prominent Disney faces, like Kevin Corcoran plays Boy Blue. Tommy Kirk is a face I really know. He plays Grumio at the end. Who is a, an apprentice to the toy maker? Um, his face is most recognizable to me from the Disney space, the old school Disney space. Um, but that's because he was in the Swiss Family Robinson, and that's another movie I quite like. He's a Robinson kid. He's also an old Yeller and the monkey's uncle. I recognized him from that as well. And Son of Flubber. His face was all over Disney. Um, A bigger role, but really not featured a whole lot, except for the last little bit of the movie is Edwin. He was playing the toy maker, who is our only Christmas connection in this entire movie. Um, And he, I know him best. And I'm assuming y'all do as well from Mary Poppins. Just a few years later, he would go on to be such a,
0: I love Mary Poppins. Such And
1: you know what I've learned through this movie taught me many things. But this movie really taught me that there's an appropriate amount of Edwin, and it is the Mary Poppins amount of Edwin.
2: I would also argue it's Alice Wonderland amount of Edwin because he voiced so the Mad he... Hatter.
1: Oh, he was the Mad Hatter. Yeah, he uh,
2: he has a very, I think, in addition to his musical stuff, he did a lot of voice acting.
1: So, okay, that makes sense. He has a yep. quite memorable voice. Um. And then we have a whole bunch of other cast members, lots of characters in this one, tons of dancers, tons of singers. So pretty darn big T- cast, but and small, the
2: characters, the if you haven't seen this, are all be- mostly based on nursery rhymes. Which That's brings right. me to a question I have for y'all: As a kid, what was your what nursery rhyme scratched that itch for you as a kid? Which one did you like as a kid? I used to re- I used to really like Hey, diddle diddle, the cat and the fiddle. The cow jumped over the moon. cow jumped over the moon. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that
0: was my favorite. That's no, why no, I told I Ellie all
2: that. Did you have a book of Mother Ever? Goose rhymes so as yeah. a kid? Yeah, I like
0: Jack and Jill too. Which was I like Jack and Jill a lot.
2: Let me let me tell you something. Disney likes to adapt the classics, right? As their animated features, two I am convinced I'm surprised they never adapted are Jack and Jill and Hansel and Gretel. Hansel and Gretel just seems like made for a Disney animated movie. I'm surprised they never yeah. did that.
1: It's such a short little story, though.
2: I saw a lot of their old fairy tales.
1: That's true. But, you know, we did get a Hawkeye in Hansel and Gretel. And honestly, do we need another version?
2: That was a... Well, we. That was not the Mother Goose version. Let me tell you. Choices were made.
1: <laughs> 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 um, okay, so let's get into this movie. Um, the stage is set initially... Uh, as they do in musicals where you must introduce your setting and so what do we do it with we did it a we do it with a big old musical number in the center of what is uh um fairy fairy tale village they call it something what do they call it? but you're it's essentially like- in the middle of nursery rhymes yeah in the middle of Fairy tale central. So it's
2: Shrek before Shrek. It's where all the fairy tales and nursery <laughs> rhymes living together.
1: It's Shrek without Sh- an edge and a lot Sh- more. That's
0: not as good. That's not as good as Shrek. <laughs> yes, I agree.
1: <laughs> so in the musical number, we see Jack and Jill. We see uh Mary, Mary quite contrary, of course. We get to her eventually, but you also see um Jack jumps over the candlestick that always used to make me laugh when the candlestick (laughs) kept getting bigger and he burns his hiney. And then you see the guy with the pies. What's his name? Uh, He's not the is he the pied piper? He's not. He's no, he's
2: Tom Piper. No,
1: no, well, no, he's the pie guy. And they even say who he is, but I can't remember. But I just remember as a kid watching that one and loving how the pies sounded like he was stacking cards and being like, that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. So he has a little vignette, musical numbers with tons of vignettes. Um, you see a uh, little Bo Peep with all of her horribly dyed, probably not safe for wool sheep
2: mm. trailing behind her that's what um, i was thinking of i was like oh man Adam." that cruelty. looks bad
1: yeah <laughs> it's like i remember that looking a lot cooler when i was a kid it just looks <laughs> really bad um but what we all lead up to because mother goose is, mother goose's goose is sort of narrating it his name is sylvester um, the goose puppet
2: was adorable i'll give it that
1: and he's pretty salty he's got some mm-hmm. sass to him for sure um what we're here for is Mary Contrary and Tom Piper getting married tomorrow. And everybody's super excited about it because they're two precious young people who are in love and all is right with the world. Um, except as villains are wont to do, there is a very tall mountain in the background with a very ugly house. And who lives there but Barnaby, Mr. Barnaby, bad guy. Uh, he is up l- lurking and um, he's very upset about the wedding because somehow he knows that Mary Contrary is about to inherit buckets and buckets of money. And that's really the only thing he cares about is money. And I don't know why he knows this, but she has no idea. She's about to be like stupid rich. But all town gossip. I guess she's the only one that apparently doesn't know that she's about to inherit all this money. Um, so he decides I need to marry her, not Tom Piper. And so he gets these two goons that are just henchmen for hire and love money so much. And he says, take care of Tom. And like there's a whole level of sadistic (laughs) like this Laurel and Hardy character, the little one.
2: They're supposed to drown him.
1: Yeah. Are going to like knock him out. That's dark. Not just (laughs) like take him out and lose him. They're going to like kill him Did and he it's it, so funny well i don't think he deserved it so Over. i think it's hilarious again watching it as a kid i remember when barnaby is dictating to the guys what he wants to happen and he's like get rid of him and the guy the other one goes get rid of him and the little one goes like giving him his throat sir and <laughs> I'm that totally was over my head when I was a kid that this little guy wanted to just like knock him off immediately with like no problems whatsoever so and Barnaby
2: doesn't have a problem with it either go to oh, it he
1: definitely doesn't no he definitely doesn't um so that's the plan the plan is put in place and these two goons end up sneaking around smacking Tom Piper on the head after a musical number with Mary and um, hauling him off in a bag. At some point, as they're taking him to drown him, it's not their conscience that strikes and says, "Maybe you shouldn't kill this guy." It's mo money, honey, and they decide, "Oh look, there's a gypsy camp. We're gonna sell him to the not gypsies and make some money." No, Did you no mentioned they
2: wanted to steal the sheep as well.
1: Oh yes, that's right. They. St- So the whole point is Barnaby needs Mary Contrary to be hard up in every way. That sounds bad, but you know what I mean? So they take Tom Piper out of the equation. Now she has no husband. Okay. They also take the sheep out of the equation. They steal the sheep and they get rid of the sheep because then that affects her income, which seems very practical for a Disney movie based on. (laughs) nursery rhyme characters, okay? And so Barnaby's got her exactly where he wants her now. No income, no husband, sad. So he's like, I think you should marry me because it would really solve all your problems. So yeah, the sheep are gone, which causes Bo Peep and her friends just great distress. And Tom is gone. Nobody knows this, but sold to the gypsies. And of course, in 1961, as a viewer, viewer you're thinking, oh, no he sold to the gypsies
2: yeah it's very it's
1: not proper uh, nomenclature yes
2: exactly does not not age well
0: it's not proper nomenclature
2: no it is not
0: how how do y'all what is the proper nomenclature? do we do we say room or romani now like to be more i thought
2: i thought the romani
0: or room they go they call themselves room yeah i think those are acceptable Right, Romani, well, they're so much a beautiful, have you seen, like, when they traveled by wagons, how beautiful their wagons were? I don't get all the the Rome or Romani hate. I'm blaming it on Anthony. Yeah.
2: I I didn't even know there was a hate for them. I, I mean, now I do, but I mean, like, back, uh, you know, I just wasn't aware of it back in high school, and I was watching an episode of House, where he was treating a gypsy boy, and his parents didn't, you know, he they, they were, you know, Uh, they won't let house operate on him because you know house messes up two or three times before it comes to the proper decision as he does so house is like okay i'm gonna distract them you (laughs) you go do this to the boy so he goes into the hallway he's like you're not going to jip me (laughs) like (laughs) he annoys them and like they come storming over to lecture (laughs) to lecture him (laughs) Uh, <laughs> uh, I love that show.
1: Mary is devastated both by the death of Tom Piper because the two henchmen come back and deliver the sad, sad news that he went off to sea inexplicably and has the died the day before on a their ship. wedding. That's right. Died on a ship. He's drowned. It and happened. that scene used to curl, rack me up. That, that little one, just like was spurting water everywhere, and I'm like, I don't even understand why he's spurting water and he's dry. And it's just it made me laugh so hard. It didn't hit How- the same way as an adult.
2: How old were you when you first saw this, Julia?
1: I think I had to have been like six or seven, probably.
2: Okay, just curious. So but did you see? It-
1: I really missed an opportunity of playing this while Jude was in the room because I'm interested at what he would have said. I'm pretty sure it would have been a lot of why is that happening okay
2: <laughs> i'm just curious
1: ethan did walk in or not ethan marty walked in when i was watching and he's like that looks terrible what is it <laughs> but he hated Wait, musicals in general, i've got to so.
2: ask did he assume it was an anthony pick
1: no he didn't no well, thank, i'm pretty thank sure goodness. he knows that i have history with this <laughs> one because my response was it's babes and toyland i used to watch this movie all the time and he's like we watched a lot of different stuff when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know we did <laughs> I'm quite sure of that. Okay. So Mary is devastated both financially and her heart is broken. Um, and so oh. she has this song that I used to just really like. And when you listen to the words as an adult, it's just so weird. She's doing math and she can't add up the math. And can we save enough money for food on the table if we walk on our hands and not have to repair our shoes so often? These songs are not cohesive uh, from a Disney perspective, right? Like I expect a lot from a Disney song. I expect a lot from a musical period, right? I figure like if you're putting a musical out there, it means you put thoughts into your songs and you're not just relying on rhyming words, but like that's what they did is they just is relied no on. No
2: Alan Mencken, I'll say no. that. Or Howard Ashman. But it yeah, is really now, not. I noticed that too. I was like, Disney normally knows like the songs have to service the plot. And it's almost like, let's shove songs in here that whether or not needed, like just to make it a musical.
1: It felt like that. So she comes to the ultimate decision that. She is going to have to marry Barnaby. And while she's singing this song, trying to put the dimes together, the kids, including Bo Peep, are listening to her. And so they hear that she's going to go marry Barnaby. So, of course, what are they going to do? But they're going to go into the place where their sheep were last seen, which is the forest of no return. Because, of course, it is.
2: It's getting major forbidden forest vibes.
1: That's yes very Aussie feeling here. Very. Like, we're really stepping into some very watered-down Oz shortly. We have new conflict. She's going to marry Barnaby. The kids all of a sudden are um, headed to the forest, no return. So what happens after this is, of course, she tells Barnaby she's going to marry him, so Barnaby has, like, this big old production because he wants to be, like, super flashy about marrying Mary Contrary. And so musical numbers...
2: I was about to say, I know you said earlier when going through the cast, there's definitely too much... Oh no, you're talking about Edwin. I was about to say Barnaby I actually enjoyed as a character Mm -hmm. compared to a lot of these, the ancillary supporting cast. Like, I I don't know. I think he was more I mean, I guess back during this time period, you didn't need the three-dimensional villain so he knew what he was and you know, he, he fit into the movie.
1: He did. There's, it was funny when he's wooing Mary with the dance where she's sitting in the courtyard and he's dancing around, um, that dance is always funny to me too, because he is literally one of those birds doing a mating dance (laughs) a lot of the time, like the way that his arms are coming up. And it's just, I didn't think that as a kid, but I thought that as an adult, so who to invite to thrill everybody with song and dance but the gypsies right why not so the henchmen start to head on out because they realize i'm pretty sure that's the same group we sold tom to and of course the big can we finale sell tom? To musical number huh
2: can we sell tom <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're not going to get much my family told me that a lot as a child. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> um,
1: okay, so in this big musical number, um, we have Tom, who is alive and well, because you get the sense Tom can get along with literally anybody.
0: He really. And most you also Toms get the can. sense,
1: yeah, most Tom's can't. There you go. <laughs> you also get the sense that these. um, The band of gypsies that he was sold to are lovely people, okay, who took him in and treated him like family. Of course they would. And so he is a part of this big production in disguise. He comes out dressed like an old woman and dances a bit and makes these hilarious, um, or I thought they were hilarious, uh, fortune telling predictions about Barnaby and what a terrible person he is. Slaps his hand a few times, which always used to make me laugh. And then in the big finale, pulls the rubber, rubber nose off in the wig. And who is it? It's Tom. And Mary is overjoyed and rushes to him. And Barnaby is a little ticked off and finds the henchmen and are like, you really messed up. So Mary and Tom are together again. But what is the great conflict now? Those kids are in that forest no return. We got to go find them. So they head into the forest, no return, where the kids are being held captive by anthropomorphized, say the word.
0: Anthropomorphized.
1: That's it. Trees.
2: Literally the Wizard of Oz trees that capture them and throw apples at them.
1: Yeah. They they are. (laughs) But these just encircle them and tell them to stay. And they do because they're obedient children. Uh, Mary and Tom find them. And the trees inform them, we have to take you to the toy maker because the toy maker is in charge of the forest. And they're all like super course, jazzed about it. Of course. Because because course, who else? Yes. Who else? We can't
0: have a lumberjack or a Tom Bombadil. No, no. The toy maker runs the forest.
1: Toy maker
2: is also the mayor and the chief of police in Toyland. Don't forget dumb, that. Dumb. Dumb. Dumb, oh, dumb. So dumb. So dumb. So dumb. dumb. It's been a while since so, we get that one, guys. It has
1: been a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the crew heads to the toy maker shop. And before we actually they actually meet the toy maker, we get a peek into how terrible the toy maker is as a person. And it is a lovely illustration of what DevOps is like sometime when you <laughs> develop something wonderful and pure, and then you give it to your people and they ruin it all just kidding but not really so we see the toy maker and Grumio, who is his apprentice in the toy shop and we're like sort of told but not really told and you're just supposed to glean it that this guy makes all of the toys for santa which leaves santa in a very precarious position of all he does is deliver them
2: it's a mailman essentially
1: not a fan don't like
2: that. neither am I because so you have this toy man who's building the toys, managing the workshop, who is the mayor and the chief of police of this town. So Santa is a glorified mailman
1: in this. And and like we got yes. some political streams crossing that, like he should not be like all of these things. It should be a division of the duties, as far as I'm concerned. Separation of powers. Duties. That's right. Um, so <laughs> we see uh we see a very wonka-like um gobstopper machine but it's pre-wonka so keep that in mind wonka does it a lot better not surprisingly but when i saw this i was like that reminds me of a wonka machine um
2: i watched that episode the office last night it was uh, just happened to be on tv where michael has a golden ticket idea
1: (laughs) (laughs) um So Grumio has created this toy machine where he punches in what he wants to make and it spits out a doll. Um, It is very sixties and I really quite appreciate it. Apparently it took Disney a long time to produce this toy machine that like functions in the way it functioned. Obviously didn't create toys, but it did have moving parts and all of that. And it was quite a pricey um, set piece.
0: It looked fancy.
1: It did look fancy um Uh, i prefer the one in santa claus
2: the movie where the toys get spit out through magic dust through the machine or the one of the santa claus where it multiplies the toy when you put it through and they spit out multiple ones
1: um i'm curious people that had a hand in those movies if they had any of this machine in their mind as some form of inspiration
2: very possible, be curious, because again, this is a, and again, I'm sure we'll talk about this once we run through the plot, a beloved Christmas movie to a lot of people.
0: Whew, are, are we not running ball. through the plot right now? Well, after no, we, we
2: run through the plot, I man. like yeah. when we discuss, is this a Christmas movie?
0: <laughs> no. Oh, okay.
1: So, Grumio has this really cool machine, and of course, the toy maker, one, takes credit for it, and then completely messes it up. By trying to hyper, uh, by trying to speed up the production line. And he ruins it all and it explodes. And he's just probably abusive to Grumio. He's just mean. He's just a terrible person. Okay. And Santa would not align himself with a person like this, frankly.
0: Wouldn't he? Hashtag not my Santa.
1: No. Santa would not align himself with this guy. I don't think (laughs) um so the kids are watching through the window and after the machine explodes they rush in because guess what we got supply issues now folks we got a few months to go and like we got to get these toys made so the kids chip in and help with the assembly line um and this gives us a song with a lot of gibberish in it but it was familiar to my ears Um, And they create a whole bunch of toys and the toys are charming to me. I even remember them being charming when I watched it initially, like the three little choir guys with the round faces. And I am building to a point (laughs) and like the little circle cheeks. Um, I always thought was just cute. Um, cute. And some of, some of the toys have a real um, small world feel to them, uh, both in color and pattern.
2: Yes, they, yes, they do.
1: So um, so they help with the toys. They end up getting the stash up for uh, for Santa, which again really is not mentioned. It's just mentioned that these toys need to be created for a purpose in December. It's like not even really talked about. It's so weird.
0: It's so weird. And might I in case I haven't mentioned this, this is not good. <laughs> this is it not is good. not enjoyable.
1: I mean I would beg to differ that but um but I have nostalgia nostalgia is very powerful uh so <laughs> Grumio comes out with another invention a gun that shrinks things and his idea is uh, we don't need to make a bunch of toys we just need to shoot a lot of stuff with this gun and it just makes it smaller yes and the toy maker is like that's genius
2: that's what I want and to then Tom, yeah well <laughs> right, that Tom's came out that came out wrong you guys know <laughs> what I meant I don't
0: know what you meant. Could you explain? No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then of course, Tom Piper, the voice of reason says, don't you have to have the big things in order to make the small things? Where do the big things come from? And so Grumio is then verbally berated again and sent off to his room to hate himself for the rest of his life. And the toy maker is upset that his bed is tiny, throws the gun out the window and guess who's out. To listening to the last 45 to an hour of the movie by the way this movie is very long and it feels it
2: barnaby
1: barnaby grabs the gun and says yeah, and, i'm just gonna shrink everybody
2: yeah and for the record yes it is long it's and i'm glad you brought long. that up because it's an hour and 54 the, minutes yeah which is insane for the 60s the 60s normally things are 90 minutes like 85 to 90 minutes
1: tops yeah i think it uses that musicals Word the asterisk musical does typically mean longer, it just does. Musicals are typically longer than non musicals, but it really shouldn't have done that.
2: No, they it's should not. It's
1: real long, it's real long. Um, a... I knew it the minute it came out,
0: Anthony. You're a pervert.
1: All right, so <laughs> Barnaby now has the shrinking gun and he proceeds to shrink the toy maker and Tom, which is the main one he wants to shrink. And the henchman, and uh, he then is like, "Now that Tom is tiny, I am going to marry Mary."
2: I can't. I'm going to mute myself, guys.
1: that's <sighs> still my plan. <laughs> so he locks up most of the people in a bird cage, um, wraps Tom up in ribbon, and Mary is devastated again. And she's realizing, "Well, crap! I'm going to have to marry this guy because you know that's really the only answer." And so this is where we get to perhaps the only thing in the movie that might tether it to Christmas in any way. And it's meta because it's Disney. So there is a lovely, still too long, but lovely scene at the end of this movie. And it is the attack using the toy soldiers on Barnaby. Toy Um, soldiers
2: are iconic looking. This is what I remembered most from this film, along with the main toy land, toy land theme.
1: That's right. So it's like a twenty-minute. I feel like at least it felt that way. Uh, scene, and it's all stop stop motion. Um, it apparently took them six months to film this twenty minutes of the movie.
2: No wonder they didn't want to cut any of it back then.
1: Six I don't months. Blame them. And the toy soldiers you see in the scene are iconic because they are the toy soldiers you see at Disney parks all over the world at Christmas time in their parades. Um, You actually go on to see them as well in um, Mary Poppins a few years later when they're doing the clean up the playroom song, which is delightful and perfectly lengthed and makes sense. Now, lyrics. can
2: I go back to something you said earlier, Julia? you posed the question when I mentioned oh that machine reminds me of Santa Claus the movie and the Santa Mm -hmm. Claus and you were like oh how much do they have in the back of their mind this movie remember the Santa Claus 2 where they had that machine they also had the toy soldiers fighting uh, toy Tim Allen's uh, Mm -hmm. fighting the elves toy Tim Allen made the toy soldiers so that I think whoever worked on the Santa Claus 2 must have had some kind of love for this movie
1: And that's the only thing I can think is really Christmassy and it's really only Christmassy because it took, because Disney took it and ran with it. Um, And it is iconic in the Disney parks. Um, Those soldiers only come out at Christmas time. It's on my bucket list to see a Christmas parade with the soldiers because I love those things so much. Um, And I haven't yet. So,
2: I mean, when you think of the toy soldiers too, Like the soldiers, I mean, you really do think of. um, I mean, they're just a Christmas in general staple as well, Mm -hmm. and I wonder. I feel like this might have popularized them as a Christmas staple in general, not just Disney. Yeah, could be. Because this is based Um, on something called "March of the Wooden," March of the Soldiers. I think somewhere I read. Dun 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 or there was a song in the opera called march of the soldiers or something Mm -hmm. like that but anyway that's still that's a title of one of the musical numbers still to this day in the radio city spectacular the march of the wooden soldiers which Mm -hmm. i know when i videotaped that at radio city julia you were like i couldn't take my
0: eyes off it
1: (laughs) That was (laughs) well their legs flail about as if independent from their (laughs) body i love Um, i love the dance (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm, i th- almost convinced christine ellie should be doing river dance
1: oh that Ooh. would be super cool i know we'll keep working on her you should do it um so we have a big battle also inexplicably the toys come to life which you're not told until this moment when the toys come to life which i thought that was kind of like an oversight because up until this point no toys have come to life but i understand it's like mother goose and all that and that's fine but i was also surprised but not upset because we get a cool battle scene between the toy soldiers and Barnaby. Um, that ultimately Barnaby ends up winning because I mean they're toys, it's kind of hard to destroy them. Um, but Annette Funicello enters enters the scene, shrinks Barnaby, and so we got a level playing field between Tom and Barnaby. And we have a nice little sword fight that ensues. Tom bests Barnaby knocks him into a jack in the box box and we don't see him for the rest of the movie we don't know if he's dead but as dark as some parts of this movie are I wouldn't be surprised
2: Mm -hmm. Um, but we don't see him
1: anymore so there you go yeah make your own mind up about if he's dead or if he just stays tiny forever because she does not I I think they just
2: sent him back to Oz.
1: there you go (laughs) Um, she does not use the gun that Grumio has just created Which is the make people the original size again gun, and he uses it on everybody that's tiny. Is that is that the Republican Republican National slogan for twenty
2: twenty two? Make people normal sized again.
1: Make people
0: normal. Uh, Make people's hands normal sized again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh brother! Um, So everybody is returned to their former state, and we have a big. Wedding number at the end song and dance in Mother Goose Village. That's the name of it, Mother Goose Village. Um, where the henchmen are now friends because they ended up turning against Barnaby at the end. Um, the trees from the Forest of No Return have joined us in the this the center circle of the town, and they are also welcome and wonderful. And Tom and Mary are married, and she's in. Uh, it's snowing, so you could argue it's a cold season. And she's in a beautiful red cape, which you could argue is it's a Christmas color. And they're in a sleigh that's also red, but there's no Santa. So not a Christmas movie.
2: It's not,
0: not <laughs> even a little bit.
2: I, no. I would like to understand because people do consider this a Christmas movie. They play it on like Turner classic movies and AMC during the Christmas season during their blocks. So I would like to understand from people who do consider this a Christmas movie. I'm looking at you Todd, since everything's a Christmas movie in your book. So maybe not you because everything's a Christmas movie in your book. But I'm looking at some of you who consider this a Christmas movie. Why is it literally just because they mention all these toys are for some reason in December, because I don't think they specifically state Christmas, do they?
1: I don't think so either. No, like you see a calendar and December is a month oh. on the calendar and we're close to that month, but it's never stated it's for Christmas.
2: I mean, they could have even just like put some snow on the ground or something if they wanted this to be a holiday movie. <laughs> like do something. I, I don't know.
1: It's only at the end. Very, very end that you see snow. There's not a Linus moment um uh, no it's not passed that test and there's and just think, no it's not
2: a christmas movie so on march 1961 walt disney said he wanted to create a film the standard of the wizard of oz so walt disney you failed there too i'm sorry man mm-hmm. um i do have some an interesting quote here from tommy kirk who plays the Grumio, and it's about working with ed <laughs> Edwin, because I just found this very funny. I like behind-the-scenes stories like this. Quote, I thought he was delightful, and so did everyone else. You couldn't not like him. He was completely crazy. He was just as crazy off-screen as he was on, but it was all, of course, an act. <laughs> and he was good at it. And then he goes on to say, I think the movie is sort of a clunker, especially when you compare it to Laurel and Hardy, Babes in Toyland. It's not a great film, but it has a few cute moments. It's an oddity, but I'm not embarrassed about it. Like I am some of the other movies I've made.
1: Oh. Ooh. um. So the release date for the movie was just before Christmas. So Disney was pushing this as a Christmas film, which maybe is the only reason people think it's a Christmas film. Um, but from our standards, it's not. It just happened to be really, instead of a movie set at Christmas, it's a movie released around Christmas.
2: I all I'll say is if there are any of you out there, any of you who have the audacity to say Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, but this is on your Christmas list, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I take major issue with that.
1: So, takeaways? Any quotes? Any scenes you particularly like? I do
2: have. some I just quotes. want to
1: be done with this.
2: I have some quotes.
0: Okay. I do. Choice. I
2: did find it funny when uh, the toy maker, because he was he was marrying them at the end. Yes. I did find it funny when he was like, do you, Mary, take this man to be your husband? And Mary's like, I do. And the toy maker said, that's funny. I take him to be your grandfather. Because <laughs> there was definitely an age difference there.
1: Yes, there was. And,
2: and then the toy maker said, do you, Barnaby, take Mary to be your wedded wife to keep her in sickness and adversity and poverty and tragedy and disaster? And Barnaby's like, what are you doing? And the toy maker's like, well, I was just trying to talk you out of it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's got a few little snarky comments in that whole scene.
2: Yeah, he does. He also, I think he even says at one point, are you sure you don't want to think this over?
1: I, as a kid, thought it was so funny when um, the henchmen and Barnaby would get together and they'd go, come, let us lurk. And come, let us pussyfoot. And (laughs) And that used to make me laugh.
2: That's another thing. I feel like this was, and I know they adapted it from an opera, but even still, like the way, Mother Goose and her goose presented at the beginning, and the way they talk like that—it's almost like this was written for the stage instead
0: of a movie.
1: Well, sure. I feel
0: like we're—I feel like it was completely disconnected as well. We didn't need Mother Goose at the beginning. She added nothing to the story.
1: Yeah.
2: No, the only thing she—I feel like the only reason she's there is so for the really, really thick-headed people out there to realize oh, all these characters are fairy tale or, uh, or nursery rhymes based on her. Sure. But uh, final thoughts on this movie i I didn't like it. I it's it's not me. This I I am now in the Julia position that she takes with the Rankin Bass stuff. I uh I felt like I had a bad acid trip. Mm-hmm. Um, had a few moments here and there. I I won't be adding it to my Christmas canon. I am, yeah. I'm I. I can't even say I'm excited to revisit the other versions uh, down the line, which we know we'll be doing. But I do wonder. The one question I have about that is: Do the other versions maybe lean a little more into Christmas? I don't know because I know Channel Eleven, which is now the CW, you know the what WB, whatever it used to be back in the day, used to play the Drew Barrymore one around Christmas a lot. So Hmm. I don't know. I'll be curious, but yeah, not, not for me, not for I me. Don't,
0: if we never visit, revisit ba- anything about babes and Toyland again, I'm not going to be a sad person.
2: <laughs> well, listeners, now you know who's responsible for it on the list next year. It's Tom because I had to troll him by throwing another version of the list of next year.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't, don't do that to me. brother.
1: Um, Any other thoughts you want to add, Tom? I didn't like it.
0: I really, really did not enjoy this movie.
2: (laughs) Now, Julia, you said you saw it for the first time at six, seven years old. Do you think Gabe would have liked it if he saw it? I don't know. I know Gabe is slightly older than that, but I mean... Right.
1: I don't know. We might have to test around that and see what happens. Um,
2: Would you watch it again, Julia?
1: I... I'm sure I'll watch it again, but I think if I watch it again, it'll be in that type of setting. Like, look what I watched when I was a kid. Let's see what you think of it. Right. And would it be around Christmas? No, no, because for me, this is like, I watched it when I was a kid, but it was also one of those movies that mom would put on, like when I was sick right? When you're laying on the pullout bed in the living room and she wants to put on some benign movie that she probably liked the fact that it was almost two hours because then it was two whole hours that I was occupied and I could fall asleep to it and all of that. So, um, it was never a Christmas thing ever.
2: I, I, I I do wonder, maybe, did it get associated with the holiday purely because TV played it around the holidays? Like I tell, like I say every year, The Wizard Wizard of Oz has played every Thanksgiving. That's become kind of like a Thanksgiving thing on TBS, TNT. So I wonder if Babe in Toyland, did did they used to play Babes in Toyland just in December all the time? And it kind of became a tangentially related Christmas movie because of that, that people associate with it.
1: Yeah. I think it was such a fail at the box office that it took them quite some time to actually drop it on TV. But when they did, it's probably right. They probably drop it during the holiday season. And then it's stuck, obviously, because you say you've seen it.
2: I can see Um, that being a big nostalgic thing. Like, again, it's hard not to keep comparing it to the Reserve Oz because that is such a, it's very similar. But uh Wizard of Oz has just played Thanksgiving evening for so long. Like when you're full and want something to watch on TV, that's what a lot of people put It's like one of those comfort things. like just, you know, it's that whole vibe of the movie. Right. So maybe, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yep. And that's a great way to describe my feelings about the movie. It's not a good movie. (laughs) It's definitely not a great movie, but I have such feelings tied to it from being a kid and it reminds me so much of my mom like in good ways um that i think i'm always gonna like it um but that is pure nostalgia Pure nostalgia and it doesn't it does not hold up uh, watching it as an adult without that nostalgia so shall we rank it
2: sure so before I tell you my number, I just want to say Rudolph says, sends his regards, Julia. No, I'm joking. This, this is not like a revenge ranking or something. It's just, I, I didn't really give don't like Rudolph this a
1: low score. No, I know,
2: I know you didn't. And in fact, I remember you being like extra kind because you know me and Tom were looking forward to it. You felt That was still the early days. You were like, I felt bad ranking it too low. I remember you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, not bad. I'm going to give it a one.
0: I'm uh, giving it there, a half a point.
1: I'll come
2: in at a two which gives us a 1.167
1: should be low it shouldn't be on anybody's christmas canon but I, if it's on your christmas canon we want to know about it and that, where can they tell us that well, information? <laughs> i do just want to
2: say that puts it right above trading places which i know people out there will really upset about because they said we were too harsh on that movie and it comes right under i saw mommy kissing santa
0: claus
1: (laughs) where can people tell us their feelings about babes in toyland and why they inexplicably think it's a christmas movie
0: you know the best way to get a to get that to us is going to be through any of our social media and We've made that very simple for you. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook. We have a Facebook group. We have LinkedIn. We have Reddit. We even have a Patreon. And you can find those by going to linktree.com slash tis the podcast.
2: Patreon, bonus episodes, a little less a dollar a month. Uh I know we're designing a new sticker this year for our five year anniversary, five years, which is insane. Um and you know there are different tiered levels where you could get christmas cards and other holiday random holiday cards in the mail every now and then we come out with stuff like pins uh what else is there you know you could be on an episode and make us watch something that's amazing or just as crappy if you want to torture us um you know check it out i will say on the main show next week we talked a lot this episode like what is the purpose of santa in this world if he's not building the toys or anything. I think that's a nice little, I think that's a question we might be asking ourselves next week when we cover Fat Man, starring Mel Gibson, next week. Tom <laughs> his the head. And then the week after, we're going to a very innocent ABC Family original Christmas movie, Holidays in Handcuffs, starring Melissa Joan Hart and Mario Lopez. And then we're covering Hawkeye season 1. Nice. And then It's good right to after...
1: announce that early so people can start. Yep. Cycling through that six episode run.
2: And then right after that, we're covering for our, all our Peloton fans out there, we're covering the movie One Royal Holiday starring Bradley
1: Rose.
2: Bradley Rose from the Peloton making his acting debut in a Homer Christmas movie.
1: We need to legit tell him we are going to be covering that movie on social media and yeah. see if he will join us and I will die.
2: He replies every time I tag I him. Word, yeah. know. Um, yeah. I just want to say the week after that, we are welcoming Jay Skipworth back to the show, a filmster podcast, to, to talk a movie he recommended, Jaws 4, which he says is a secret Christmas movie. So Hot take, lots- hot take. Lots of exciting stuff coming up. And I can't wait to have Jay back because Jay's amazing.
0: Jay's Probably great. more Christmassy than this movie was. Absolutely is.
2: I mean, they have a scene in Jaws 4 where they're opening gifts under the tree. That automatically makes it more Christmassy. <laughs> That's right.
1: All right. So lots of homework to do. Lots of good stuff coming up. Um, and uh, yeah.
2: Other exciting news we have 6528 hours until Christmas.
0: That's 272
1: days. 38 weeks.
0: 38. That's crazy.
2: If you if you want, I know we all like our little milestones throughout the year. So the Hallmark Dream Book officially comes out April 14th, and then we're only a month and a half away from Leon Day, and it's all downhill from there. Crazy. So the years flying, guys
1: not this week quick,
2: though like- yeah no uh-huh. not this week this week feels like <laughs> can we can we speed it up bye